With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode of the Single Tracks podcast is sponsored by ExploreBrevard.com. Picture yourself in the middle of 100,000 acres of public lands and over 300 shreddable miles of single track. A place often referred to as one of the top mountain biking towns in the country, Brevard, North Carolina has countless epic adventures for every kind of rider on tap. Whether you love rocky, rudy technical lines in Pisgah or flowy lines in DuPont State Recreational Forest or something in between, Brevard has it all in spades. Come discover the place often referred to as the cycling capital of the South. Start planning your trip today at explorebrevard.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff, and today my guest is Cimarron Chacon. Cimarron is the president and race director at Grow Promotions, which offers mountain bike event and trail development services in and around St. George, Utah. She also founded the Dixie Mountain Bike Trails Association, which is now known as the Trail Alliance of Southern Utah. Thanks for joining us, Cimarron. You bet. Good to be here, Jeff. Well, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you end up in St. George? Um, I have a master's in landscape architecture and my first, uh, career job, um, I was hired by the, the Bureau of Land Management. We, I guess, can no longer use the acronym BLM. Because it <laughs> right. It's people. confusing now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, Bureau of Land Management as a landscape architect, uh, and my first, um, my first task right off the gate was to evaluate, uh, the contentious Gooseberry Mesa as uh, a potential project. Yeah. Hmm. This was before it was built or like after people were riding there and you were kind of doing a evaluation? Yeah, it was, it was built ish. It was being ridden. Uh, it mm-hmm. had, I mean, it, it has a long history of being ridden and, you know, routes being put in and so forth. And so, um, yeah, the question was to open it or close it. And if we opened it, what kind of system would it be? So, um, I mean, there, there were, there were actually two police officers there and three, three rec planners and myself, uh, as a new person and which was way overkill. And then like two mountain bikers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, uh, but we, we, uh, we made a system, which is, which is what needed to happen. Cause it was just, you know, it was being just added to, there was no flow, Mm-hmm. And so it, there was just um, some editing that happened. Okay. Uh, small pieces got taken out. Some new pieces got put in and, and the system is the system that you know now. Hmm. Very cool. It's interesting that a landscape architect uh, would work for the BLM. Is that what you were doing? Were, were you really doing landscape architecture or was it, was it something completely unrelated to sort of your education? No, um, a lot of people misunderstand what a landscape architect is and how we're trained. Um, so they think of landscaping and that, and that's very little of what a landscape architect does. Um, yeah. the, the, 
there are some that do planting plants, but my specialty is um, was in um, recreation management um, with uh, an emphasis on environment and behavior. So understanding how people behave when they are on a hiking trail, for example, why why would they shortcut a trail or why would they litter and and what types of design solutions can you um, add to that versus you know just a sign that says no. And, and we learned to design with the land. So trail, trail, trail design, um, you know, per, erosion prevention, all of those things um, uh, fit exactly with what I do. So there are, at the time, there were, were, we were known as a scare skill, and we all specialized in large landscape planning. So, you know, entire corner of, of a state or some people had an entire state. And yeah, and so that's that's what we specialize in. Uh, and I, I think there are about 10. Uh, the majority of them are at the state or, or federal level at this point. There are two on the monuments. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a huge job. Like, you know, just thinking about one trail system seems like a lot, but to consider like a whole portion of a state or an entire state seems like that's a lot to keep up with. I, it's what I love. Like big, big picture, big picture. Um, I'm always, you know, and, and thinking really long range. Um, so, you know, 10, 20 years out, how is, how, how many trails are going to be needed and how are recreation trends going to change and those sorts of things. Hmm, Cool. Well, what makes St. George stand out among mountain bike destinations? It seems like, you know, maybe for a lot of people, it's not one of the first names that comes to mind, but it, it certainly is a place that has a ton of trails and, and some really well-known trails and events as well. So what to you makes St. George sort of unique? Yeah. I mean, it is, it is really a hidden gem. I mean, what, what makes it unique is it's got the, the slick rock, got slick rock, single track. Mm. We are pretty much a year round destination. Uh, it gets quite warm here in the summer, but because the elevations change so drastically in this Canyon, you can go from Vegas to Brian head in and out, you know, in a couple of hours. And so you have this huge range of um, trail possibilities here in St. George proper. We have, I've lost track of the number to be honest, but we have multiple trail systems. We also have multiple gravel. uh, I mean, extremely amazing gravel riding here and, and hiking um, and, you know, the famous Zion, the picturesque scenery it's just kind of the whole package. So it's the one stop for everything. Yeah. Cool. Well, for someone visiting for the first time, what are the sort of two or three must ride trails or trail systems? You mentioned Gooseberry Mesa. I imagine that's at the top of most people's lists. Yeah, I think it is. And I I mean, I have to be honest. I mean, it's me. And this is probably because I've been riding it for 20 plus years. (laughs) I, you know, helped to create it, but but to me, it's it's no longer the first thing that you want to do, um, and it really depends on on the time of year that you're coming, and if you are into technical or long distance. I am told statistically that the number one trail that that is rated the highest that has the most uses is actually the barrel roll system um, out out in Santa Clara, um, and I think it is because it's. Uh, it's accessible from town. You can, you, you can, you can get on there and you can ride 
six miles or you can ride 23 miles or you can ride 53 miles from the same place wow. and you can customize your ride to you know beginner to, to expert goose gooseberry if you if you want i mean we're our area is divided i mean it's it's divided into into three three segments i i kind of say it's, there's the saint george area which has which is incredibly diverse but also serves now a growing mountain bike population um the hurricane area and then the the mesas and those are three different experiences um the mesas are all about yeah camping out and you know just having that whole mountain bike life <laughs> <laughs> and then the other two areas have have a little bit for everybody yeah cool so would you say in terms of like family friendly rides is barrel roll going to be one of those areas where you can take sort of the whole family or or people who are like just getting into mountain biking no not i mean <laughs> th that's not the first go to place okay the bear claw poppy trail which you can get to from the barrel rolls area is is the number one family trail system okay. it is just love to death the second one is um the hurricane cliff system so the gem trail complex and that is also there are there's um more cowbell which is just perfect for kids and beginners i mean it's just beautiful and um the cryptobionic and gem lower gem those are all perfect for families all in the same region uh and then there's a new area called um desert canyon which is actually a privately developed uh, trail system and it's qu it's quite family friendly perfect for our budding nike kids um yeah cool so yeah we're 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 getting more we're getting more which is you know we started with the extreme trails and now i think it's 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 really fun to see more trails being added but but at all levels so um so that we can have the whole family can come and have a good time yeah that's awesome. Well, which are the, the sort of more challenging trails? Uh, you know, sounds like there's definitely mileage that can make some of these challenging. And then I also imagine there's some pretty technical terrain around St. George area as well. What are, what are some of the standout, like really difficult rides for people who want to punish themselves? Uh, I mean, South Rim at Gooseberry, all of Little Creek uh, and add, adding in, I mean, there's like I said, the Mesa's, the Mesa's add challenge. They add challenge with uh, their, they're very anaerobic. So there's a lot of upper body work, nothing bombing and downhill, but uh, a lot of upper body work, a lot of skill required to make the tight and technical turns up and over rocks. And, and there's the four mesas. There's Little Creek, Gooseberry, uh, Wire Mesa, and Grafton uh, or Guacamole. Um, Guacamole is the trail, Grafton Mesa. And you put those together and, you, and you're, you're going to be, you're going to be trashed. You're going to, you're going to, you're, you're going to feel like you worked there in, in St. George area. The Zen trail is, is we call it the, the hardest five miles of trail. And we actually include it in our, in our race course, just to, to punish people who are doing a hundred miles and need some punishment. <laughs> There's the Kentucky lucky chicken trail, which is a pretty small, fun local trail that is really, really hard, steep, punchy climbs, some exposure. Um, and it just a, you know, if you want a quick, fun, fun ride from town and then suicidal tendencies is also that's off of the barrel roll system. Cool. That is a quite lives up to its name. Uh, a lot of exposure. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, both of those sound like like there would be fun and interesting trails just based on the name alone. Yeah, yeah. Well, what are some of the lesser known trails where riders can get away from the crowds? I, I'm actually blown away by how many different trails you've mentioned in the course of like five minutes here. So, <laughs> I mean, is that even an issue that like you're going to go somewhere and it's just slammed with people or, or are there just so many trails that people tend to spread out pretty well? There are there are two trails that are that, that, that get crowded, honestly, yeah, that I avoid on weekends. And that's the Gem Trail and the Bear Claw Poppy. Because they are the most fam- family friendly trails. The less, there's one lesser known one. It is called the Boy Scout Trail and mm-hmm. it's over by Quail Lake. It is, it is quite technical. And I don't think a lot of people know it's there because you have to go over a dam to get to mm-hmm. the system. So it's, it's really fun. There's a whole series of trails. Uh, Church Rocks is a, is a trail that is, um, Beginner to intermediate, uh, but it has a lot of spurs. So it has the dino tracks off of it and it has prospector. And um, so again, you can make these big long loops and really get away from people. It is a sandy trail. So it's seasonal best to ride in the winter or on a rainy day. But I mean, we're very fortunate. We, we have pretty good soils. The worst is the bear claw poppy. Um, if it's winter and it's cold, you can ruin that trail, but you can, you can drive up the road a a few miles and still get a a very similar experience, uh, on the prospector trail. Cool. Yeah. I remember, uh, when we first met actually, Leah and I traveled out to St. George and church rocks was one of the ones that we rode together. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a, that was a great ride. And one that, I mean, if we were just kind of driving through town or, you know, looking things up online, it's probably not a trail we would have known about or chosen, but yeah, it's, it's kind of like a undiscovered little gem there. That's, that's pretty close and accessible. Well, the nice thing about church rocks and prospector is they are right off the interstate and now there's a, they're putting in a new, a new trailhead that's even more off the interstate. So you can take the Washington Parkway exit and, and it's right there. Uh, and you can jump on the system so if you, if you have one, you know, if you've got an hour to kill and you need some exercise on a long drive through St. George and you don't want to actually go into town and just <laughs> pop off the freeway and do that. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I remember from that trip too, and maybe I just imagined this and people always think that I'm crazy when I say this, but there are tarantulas there, right? Like wild tarantulas. Yeah. Yeah. You were here during the, the tarantula migrating system. Yeah. They come from the they come from Pine Valley Mountain and they go, um, you'll see them up on Gooseberry and through the sands. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. We have bats too. <laughs> oh, really? Well, the tarantulas are, are just unusual. And like I said, people never believe me when I say that because, you know, you see them like in movies or like maybe people have them as a pet. But yeah, on Gooseberry, I remember seeing the tarantulas just kind of like walking through the sand. It's super cool. Yep. Yeah, they just cruise on by. <laughs> so who builds and maintains the trails in the St. George area? I imagine there's a pretty active local mountain bike club or, or is it more of a group effort between multiple user groups? It's, it's a group effort and it, it's always been an ebb and flow. Um, the, there is a, a very active uh, group uh, that is mainly engaged in trail development and, and some other 
uh, other tasks. But uh, the, the the Trail Alliance of Southern Utah, formerly the Dixie Mountain Bike Trails Association, has been there as a li- liaison with the BLM. The, the BLM maintains some trails. Uh, Red Rock Bicycle has a has to put together a um, a trail maintenance um, project that they they have a give back project. Our company has a give back project, uh, so we maintain a lot of the trails that we use um, frequently for our our events. And and then as I said, some of them are privately held, so they're they're done by BLM or private groups. Also, over the I mean, all of the bike shops give back quite a bit. Um, over the edge sports maintain does a lot of maintenance and and trail development in the hurricane area, so it 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 varies. Um, it's a big area to cover. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and for it to be such a destination too, you know, have such iconic trails like Jim and uh, Gooseberry Mesa that that people travel to ride. Are there ways for people to sort of give back and support that? Because I, I know it must be exhausting to like have to maintain trails not just for the local riders, but for all the other people that are coming in. Yeah. I, the best way to give back is to, is to search out the, the trail Alliance of Southern Utah and donate there. Okay. And, and that, that'll, that'll, that'll spread the love. Yeah. Great. Well, where are some of the best places to rent mountain bikes or, or can you even do that? Is, is there much of a mountain bike rental opportunity in the area for people who maybe just want to ride for the day or, um, maybe they're flying into, you know, Las Vegas or somewhere sort of close by and, and driving a rental car. Is there, are there good shops for renting mountain bikes? You know, um, it's funny you bring up rental cars. I think it's easier to rent a bike here than a rental car. <laughs> you, yes, there is, uh, it seems to be even growing, uh, amount of, of rentals. Uh, I mean, we, we have a bike share program and a scooter share program in town for people who just want to pick up something and, you know, tool around on the bike paths, which we have an extensive amount of at this point, um, much more than, yeah, they, they stretch from, I mean, you, Santa Clara all the way to, to Washington. Um, I think, I think it's 30, 30 miles continuous one way. Mm. Um, wow. yeah. So you, which, which is nice, uh, to get around, but yeah, um, every single bike shop, here, Red Rock and Over the Edge have, I think, the biggest supply, but also Bikes Unlimited and um, Rapid Cycling. Those are our four biggest shops. Okay. There's some okay. shops out in Ivins, and, and there's a few that are popping up, you know, all, all the time. Are most people going to be renting or bringing their, like, trail bike and enduro bike? Are, are those pretty adequate for riding most everything that's around town? All mountain. Uh, yeah, an all mountain bike. I mean, I, I, I ride a scalpel. I ride a race bike. <laughs> but you're, t- you're a tough local. And so yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about the people coming from out of town. They're going to want a little more suspension probably. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it, you, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we ride our, our less suspension bikes, but I, and I did get stubborn and rode a hardtail for a, a four years or so and then regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Nothing more local than, than riding a hardtail. So are there uh, tour operators in the area or even bike clubs that visitors can connect with if they want to ride with locals or even bike shops? Are there any like local standing rides that any of the bike shops host? Um, Over the Edge, they have uh, they have a shuttle, a shuttle service. 
uh, which is really nice. So they'll take you there. It's their gooseberry shuttle. So they can get you up to any of the mesas. Um, a lot of people like to get a shuttle up to the top of the gem trail and, and then just ride gem and hurricane cliffs or Goulds and just ride, ride back down to town. It's a nice 20 mile, like fun, flowy downhill. You get some techie in there if you want. As far as tour operators, there are more than I can count. Oh, wow. And there's so many springing up that I, I saw a new one just the other day when I was riding. Uh, so Mountain Bike Buddy, I think, has been around a really long time. And that, that's the oldest one I know. Uh, and Do they mostly do just sort of like day trip type things or, or some of them doing overnight mountain bike tours? The last I kept track, Western Spirits and some of those folks were doing some but, you know, you can get on a big, long, like three-day gooseberry trip. Hmm. And I, I am a little out of the loop uh, on uh, on the amount. So when I was working for the BLM, which I left about 10 years ago, maybe 11, there were seven tour operators, one event. I think they, he said there's like 147 um, SRPs between tour operators, um, events, and other commercial uh, ventures that wow. are going on in the area. So, and, and some of them just maintain their event, but they are not open for business. Full, you know, a lot of them do a part-time. Mm-hmm. So I don't even want to throw out names because you could look for them and they might, they might be not even be here this season, you know, with COVID. Yeah. So it's been, there's, there's, there's a lot of opportunities to, to find whatever you want when you come here that I can guarantee you, yeah. whether you want yeah. to explore on your own, our, our County has put together an, excellent website um that has all of the top riding and hiking trails that you can look on it's uh, greaterzion.com uh it's also just a, a fantastic resource for visiting in general okay cool so where do people hang out after the ride are there any bars or breweries that tend to attract mountain bikers or restaurants even slowly <laughs> they are popping up you know, there's there's nothing that beats a beer at a tailgate. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are there's there's a new brewery, Zion Brewery, uh, and another one being built. I just saw uh, a tap room going in. Uh, our downtown has been completely. Uh, it's just, it's it's amazing. There are two big developments that went in. They're all commercial and they're all restaurants and bars. So that's really fun for us. Yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, one of my favorite spots recently is called 700 Degrees, and it's a artisan pizza, and they have a, a really good selection of ta- uh, beers on tap. You know, whatever you're into, we we do we have we have the whole host of restaurants now. So from from Mexican to Thai food to pizza, you know, take your pick. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's funny too because one of the things I remember from our visit. Many years ago, that was at least ten years ago, maybe fifteen. I think I think it was like two thousand five. Yeah, so fifteen, sixteen years ago. But yeah, back then it seemed like there were there were a few like chain restaurants and things like that. But yeah, it's good to know that there's more of a local uh, food scene and and beer scene that's kind of developing there, and definitely something that I think will you know mountain bikers will be more excited about for sure. Yeah, yeah. And um, in Hurricane, there is a coffee shop. Anyway, it's it's right on the edge of the Virgin River and it overhangs. And it, it is one of the most popular destinations if you're heading up to the Hurricane Cliffs or, or Gooseberry. Seek it out. 
It's in it's in Leverkin. Yeah. And I, they probably have beer now. It's <laughs> it's they they now have these really cool cabin Airbnbs that you can you can rent bike friendly right on the river overlooking this canyon. So it's 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 amazing what what has what has changed here in the last I mean since you've been here but even in the last year and a half. It's it's very tourism friendly. That's great. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned coffee too cuz mountain bikers definitely we love coffee and sometimes we get up early to go ride trails and yeah, I always forget about local coffee spots, you know? Like breweries I'm looking for those, but I, I forget about coffee shops and that's, that's an awesome recommendation. So you mentioned, uh, that there were some places to stay as well, um, in the area that maybe you would recommend. First off, is there camping available sort of outside of St. George for people who are looking to rough it a little bit more? So that is unfortunately what I consider one of our, our downfalls right now. Hmm. I know that the the county and the agencies have been working on that issue, but there were some, some quick there's, so there's always amazing camping on the mesas. So I want to say that, uh, gooseberry yeah. Mesa, it, it's, that's, you know, if you're looking for that destination experience, that's where you want to go. However, if yeah. you, if you happen to be coming here and it's wet or cold, because, uh, as I said, the elevations changed quite a bit. Gooseberry is almost, mm-hmm. It's almost at 5,000 feet and St. George is at uh, you know, 23 to 28. Mm-hmm. So if you're here on shoulder season, um, it might be too cold or too wet. The road up to Gooseberry can get really muddy. And we, we had some local St. George just kind of rough it areas and, and development is changing those and just, you know, mm-hmm. urbanization. Um, there, mm-hmm. there are some wonderful state parks, uh, Gunlock and Quail, are, are both really, really nice places. Uh, Snow Canyon State Park um, doesn't have a lake, but it's also a really gorgeous place uh, to camp if you're, if you're here in town. That's great. Are there uh, specific sort of bike-friendly hotels or motels in town that you would recommend? Or is there the opportunity to do like Airbnbs? Is that a popular option? Yes. I'm going to back up for just a second just so I can name it correctly. It's the River Rock Roasting Company. And, um, and the, the cabins or Airbnb, whatever they are, it's called the dwellings. And definitely, you know, if you're into being next to all that is outdoor recreation, biking, hiking, canyoneering, that's, that's the place to, to seek out. Cool. If you're looking into St. George, there's, um, there's actually a really cool new development that's called Desert Color. And they have... Mm-hmm. So the, the, what we're seeing are are these large resort. You can you can get a big house with your own pool. Wow! With that that sleeps twenty seven people. Oh, oh boy! And and they're all over here um, because we you know we host we host big events. There are huge events um, between between our events that we put on and Iron Man that comes here, and that's what people do. They just get get a whole group of their buddies and they they rent a big place. So. But Desert Color is is the newest one. It's right off of the freeway as you're coming in if you if you fly into Vegas. And they have they've put in their own lazy river. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So you can you can have a you know a two-story townhouse with a deck that overlooks this lazy river and they've got a five-star restaurant and a bar in there and it's just coming online. 
So it's it's one that we're we're actually hoping to use as a venue for a future event. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. So let's talk about the events you put on uh, several throughout the year. What are some of the events and festivals and races that bring people, mountain bikers specifically, to St. George? Our events are are some of the oldest. We put on uh, the six and twenty five hours of Frog Hollow. Those are done at different times. Okay. Of the right. year, the the six hour is a is a spring race uh, held in this year. It'll be the first week in April, and it is incredibly family friendly. So we get a lot of first time racers that come. Um, we have I say we have the oldest and the youngest because we've we've had kids as young as nine that have been able wow. to complete wow. laps. Wow! And we've had wow. we've had people in their late seventies that are out racing Mm. and it's just a blast. It's just, it's just a a fun, just a fun event. And we keep it small, uh, you know, relatively about three, 350 people. Most people just come and camp out and enjoy, you know, enjoy being in the shadow of Zion while they're racing bikes. Mm, Yeah. And then the 25 hours of frog hollow, which is, um, the, hence the name is because it's the longest day of the year on the mm-hmm. fall time change. Oh, cool. Uh, when you get an extra hour. Yeah. So it's always held that first, the first weekend in November. And, um, and it's, it's tough. You can do it as a solo. It's, it's a, it's a challenging course. It will, will beat you up in the middle of the night if you're doing solo <laughs> or even a duo race. But we also are most popular is our people that come and do a corporate team, you know, up to 10 people and just make a, a mountain bike retreat. Some people do it with big families. Some people do it with their companies. And it's, it's basically a three day event. We finish it with a band, um, and, uh, a, a big celebration when it's, when it's over. And so that's a fun time. Both of those are done, um, outside of Virgin, uh, on the gem hurricane trail system. Cool. I imagine that one's popular too, because there really aren't many 24 hour and especially 25 hour races that are still happening. There, you know, there is a comeback, and the the Frog Hollow is part of the N uh, N two four series, um, which is actually a a twenty four hour series, which includes twenty four of Oregon and Enchanted Forest. So there, most of the twenty four hour races seem to be out here in the West, mm-hmm. but uh, and there are a lot of twelve hour races. So the twenty four hour races, you're right, there there are are only a few of them. There seem to be a lot of twelve hour races and six hour races still out there. But I, I like the lap format. You know, it's it's uh, it's good for racers. You get you get more time to have camaraderie with you know your fellow mountain bikers and and you know kind of have more of a chill atmosphere where you can come and you can camp and you can really be part of the venue rather than race and leave. <laughs> right. Yeah. You get there. You're nervous. You're warming up and doing all that. That's not fun. And then you do the race. You ride your guts out, and then then you're tired, and that's it. You don't want to talk to anybody. You go home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of speaking of one of them, the 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 third race that we put on, which is our biggest event, is uh, the Trigger Epic. It is in its biggest form now a three day stage race. Oh, cool! Yeah, stage one is a self supported mountain slash gravel uh, ride um, of between we we change we change the route every year, so it's it's usually between 45 and 60 miles. Okay. Uh, and we change it because of weather and just just to make it interesting. The second day is a 90 mile gravel, 80 mile gravel, gravel ride. 
uh, is long and it is tough and it is technical. And a lot of people do it on a mountain bike because it's such a technical uh, gravel ride. But it's it's absolutely beautiful. It goes up to the, um, over the top of Utah Hill and around the back. So it changes from the middle of the city in Santa Clara. We start the these all start in Santa Clara, which is near St. George. So they they go up over over the Beaver Dam slopes and around the mountain into the um, the Wild Joshua Tree Forest. So you get a, you go from from high desert to Mojave, um, and these Joshua Tree Forests are are pretty rare. Um, and in the spring, uh, if you're lucky, if we get a good spring, um, it'll be the Joshua trees will be blooming. Oh, cool. So it's an absolutely gorgeous course. And then, and then the last day is our, um, iconic, which we've had for, I think we're going on 12 years now, which is the true grip mountain bike course. And if you do the stage, you do the 50, which is tough in its own right. Mm -hmm. Uh, we also have a hundred mile option. Um, for those real crazy endurance people, they get to do the Zen trail twice, which is, which makes for a tough day. That's usually seven, eight hours in the saddle, even for pros. Wow. And, and then we have a 15 mile option, which has been really popular and, and allows again, uh, the whole family to, to get on board and, and race, uh, and be part of it. Uh, that's held in March, the second weekend in March every year and Santa Clara. And, you know, most people come and they just make a full week out of it. We have, we have a camp, we have a camp that we put on, um, because it's a very technical endurance race. Uh, so a lot of people will come in January for, we have a technical skills camp to help people get ready. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're doing these days. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a lot of stuff, a lot of really good events. And then of course, Red Bull Rampage used to be held somewhere near there in the area, right? The old Red Bull Rampage course is, is the new course sort of in the St. George area. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and it seems like they're, they keep doing it. They keep saying they're not going to do it, but yeah, right around <laughs> the corner, basically around the corner from where we hold Frog Hollow is the new course. Okay. So it is, it's out just, it's in Virgin. So we're on the kind of Southwest side of Virgin and it's on the Southeast side of Virgin. Okay. And for people who, I don't know, maybe people think they can like go out there and visit and like ride the course. Like that's not possible, right? Like that's not, it's like private land. Like you're not, you're not going to be riding Red Bull. No, no, it's private land. Um, and the access is closed other than, than during the event, but you can go to Gooseberry. And if you, um, a really good fun option are the, Go the Gooseberry Yurts. So if you're so lucky mm -hmm. to be able to rent one of the yurts, I think they have four up there that you can actually look down on the course. Oh, so, cool. Uh, and you can rent them during Red Bull and watch it with your wow. <laughs> from an aerial view, which is really fun. Yeah. Wow. That's a super pro tip. So are there plans to expand or improve on the trails in the area? It sounds like there's already a ton. And I imagine just maintaining them is a lot of work, especially given uh, the number of riders that come through individually and during the races. So what, what's kind of the, the roadmap for the next few years uh, in terms of the trails? Yeah, there, there's a lot going on actually right now. It's pretty exciting. Uh, we still, you know, our company, we still do consulting. So we're working on um, a couple of small projects. One with the the area where Zen is, there's a development. And so one of our specialties is actually working with developers to um, route single track through 
through their new development and maintain access and maintain the, the original systems. And so we've, we've got a couple of those projects that are really exciting, some new trailheads and stuff in St. George, connectivity. Um, there's some new trail proposals in the, in the uh, gem trail area, hurricane area, mm-hmm. that will add more options up there, um, some more uphill options. So that's pretty exciting. And then the Trail Alliance of Southern Utah is working on a huge network up in Pine Valley. Um, which is at elevation, which is really going to expand. So if you think of St. George as, you know, this is where you ride in the winter, spring, fall, you go up to Gooseberry. Summer, you, you've kind of had to go all the way to Bryan Head, which is two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, Pine Valley is only 45 minutes or less, 30 minutes. Oh, cool. And so I think, I, I don't know how many they're going to get started, but I think they're getting, they've got all their approvals and they're going to get started on some, some downhill and you know, different type, different terrain type trails, maybe some flow trail up there. So it should be pretty neat. Cool. That's awesome. Um, are there opportunities to ride e-bikes on many of these trails? It sounds like most of the land around the St. George area is BLM, which I believe they allow e-bikes on a number of their trails. So is that, is that a thing in St. George? Are you seeing more e-bikers? So yeah, actually we just had this discussion the other day. Uh, so BLM is not a blanket. They don't have a blanket allowance for e-bikes. It is by, tra- it is by trail. And what's going on right now is they're actually creating a policy for this area by trail. And, and the, the biggest concern is, is the sensitive soils. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously the other one is that there are a lot of people who do ride e-bikes. There are some people which we've seen that, want to get out into nature, but don't necessarily have the technical skills. And so there's, th- those are just the concerns. I have no, no judgment one way or another. They're obviously open to ride on any of our gravel roads, which we have amazing gravel roads, which take people into incredible, incredibly beautiful remote places. And I would say stay tuned. And if they're wanting to, to e-bike on BLM trails to visit the BLM site for those current rules because they're, they're ebb and flowing right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, are, are many of them currently or already motorized? Like I, I think it, some areas seems like there's a good mix and some of the trails that mountain bikers are used to riding, you know, a lot of times we don't even realize they're open to motor vehicles already. So are there some that, that you can currently ride just because they're moto slash bike trails? Nope. No, no, none of our, none of our, all of our trails are, almost all of them are purpose built. I mean, there are segments. So there's, uh, there's a lot of trails in, in the Red Cliffs Desert Reserve. And well, almost a huge majority of our trails are in special protected areas. And because of that, they were already closed to motorized. And the solution to having recreation access was to build non-motorized mountain bike trails. Okay. So yeah, that I mean that is true in a lot of other areas. Um, also, most of our trails are close to horses, so they are only only foot and bike. Um, I mean, I w- if you're coming here, I would keep that as your blanket slate. And there are a couple small exceptions. But yeah, don't don't bring your e bike. You you may be wasting your time for now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say though that that there are there's some areas out on the Arizona Strip. Um, which is, I mean, you don't, sometimes you don't even know it's the line, but it's south of St. George. Um, you're in Arizona and there are, 
that that is an area that's that's got a lot of gravel roads and it's open to motos and so you'll find single tra- moto single track out there mm-hmm. and and e-bikes are more than welcome out there and some of it's really fun and i ride my gravel bike on most of that single track because it's yeah. just it's just you know moto style it's it's fast and flowy and you know usually suitable for for a gravel bike if yeah. you want to get off the off the road Cool. That's a great recommendation. So is there anything else mountain bikers need to know before visiting St. George? Research your trails, know your abilities when you get here. We do have uh, higher than normal technical trail networks mm-hmm. and it, and also beware of the trail conditions. Um, if, it, if it is rainy and muddy, don't ride gooseberry, don't ride the bear claw poppy. You will ruin them, maybe your car, probably your bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, and it is a it's a desert environment. I mean, it's a harsh environment. I imagine are there a lot of uh like rescues and things that that tend to take place out there for mountain bikers or people that are getting into trouble on the trails? Yeah, believe it or not, the the Bear Claw Poppy has the most accidents on it because even though it's beginner friendly, it's fast and it's flowy. It's a roller coaster of a ride. And if you don't know how to take those dips and you take those dips too fast, the the iconic clavicle Hill and three fingers of death, um, they live up to their name just about once a month. Wow. Is that literally the name of a trail or like a trail feature? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez. (laughs) Those are, those are the literal names and they are literal. The the clavicle Hill sees, they uh, talk to EMTs and they see a broken clavicle out there at least once a month. Wow. And the three fingers of death. Um, if you take the middle finger, it'll get you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good advice. Then I understand what you mean by researching your trails ahead of time. And maybe if the name of it is clavicle Hill, like you might want to avoid that one if you're prone to that type of injury. Yeah. And there's a ride around. So (laughs) (laughs) check your ego and ride around it. (laughs) Yes. Yes, that's good advice. Well, Simran, thanks so much for sharing uh, your sort of local insight into the trails and conditions in St. George. And thank you, too, for uh, the great advocacy work and the um, events that you put on as well. I know a lot of people really enjoy uh, visiting and participating, and uh, we really appreciate it. You bet. Well, you know, it's just fantastic to catch up, and I hope you and Leah can make it out here for, for a ride again. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's all we've got this week. We'll talk to you again next week.